Good morning, everybody. Happy New Week. Um, I'm super excited to be joined right here next to me with my recently published author, Melissa Shane. Good morning, Melissa. How are you? Good morning, Nat. Thank you for having me on this morning for the interview. Uh, oh, absolute pleasure. I always love um, seeing people come full circle from the time I met them to them holding their books and we can see your book there in the background blue sky after the storm guys i'll give you a little uh sneak peek of the close-up of the cover here we go i'm just pulling it up on the screen um there it is just a, a little bit closer how i learned to leave the past behind to find peace happiness and the real me so i'm going to give you guys a little bit of an introduction of who Melissa is and then we'll get stuck into today's um, conversation which is actually uh, titled exactly the uh, the title of the book. Um, so Melissa Shand is a registered nurse with over 30 years of nursing experience and she left nursing at the beginning of the COVID pandemic in 2020, March 2020, unaware that she was suffering with her own anxiety, depression and PTSD. Months before the pandemic, she had signs of low energy and thought she was just being lazy, but drinking more wine and smoking to feel relaxed, um, but nothing was bringing her joy. Not even running, which was her favorite hobby by far. With no job, nothing driving her and feelings uh, feelings of burn, burnout and frustration, she chose to write her own story um, and to so she can let go of her past. Publishing a book was not part of her immediate plan, um, just a universe, sign from the universe saying do it. And she did exactly that. All right. So, Melissa, tell me a little bit about, um, you know, where did they, those thoughts? Was it like something different to do? beyond your career where, where did this all start from uh basically now i was at work and unable to do my job anymore and um panic attacks but i wasn't aware they were panic attacks i thought i was just um had a really severe virus and um the pandemic came and i just pushed myself back to work and my gp said a couple of times i'd had viruses and um just rolled into the GP office saying I really need time off and she'd give me one or two days and I'd just go okay is that it and I couldn't be bothered doing things at home I couldn't be bothered running anymore I couldn't be bothered with people to be honest and that really upset me because I had no compassion for my patients um, let alone myself um, and then it sort of evolved into agitation um, some shakiness um, gut problems um severe gut problems and I was just like um people have said before it's like a living hell and your your soul's dying inside you but you don't realize it mm -hmm. so I'd go off to work and being in a medical profession my manager just said oh you're having a heart attack you're doing this we've got to get this we've got to do that and we you know GPs with going off for scans to look for blood clots and all these sorts of things and yep. um deep down it was parts of it was grief and loss um i'd been on a journey since i was young with anxiety but i didn't realize it or recognize it yeah um, my parents had anxiety and we had financial trouble as a child so they lost their home when i was in my teenage years and we sold our house cars everything very rapidly and we rented and then i sort of picked up at high school i'd been bullied in grade six by a really good neighbor mm. and um Mum helped me through that a little bit, but she was not as supportive as I wanted her to be. But anyway, we got through it. And then 
just before this virus, I'd been bullied by a male who was like a father figure to me. And he'd actually, um, in no uncertain terms, told me to hop off their property. And that was sort of escalating in my body as a threat. Yeah. And then I went out and ran an 80K run on that stress. Wow. So I did that and then COVID came. So I think it was just this rapid stress response, but I wasn't recognising the signs. Mm. And so, so was writing the book part of a healing journey? Existing? It was probably at my most euphoric rage time mm-hmm. that I just couldn't get anyone to understand what I was feeling. Yeah. And the grief and triggers coming up were my... Um, losses to IVF that I'd never faced like all the embryo transfers everything that went through um, in my body and then my mum's death which was sudden when she um, unfortunately bled out and died that way and I found her being resuscitated so they're all the things that I had to had not dealt with and blocked in my life so I think it was actually an awakening journey like transformation that needed to happen but I was in such a state of distress and overwhelm. Mm. I wasn't, I was just grabbing straws and I had nowhere to start. So then I had to backtrack. Yes. So I backtracked and I contacted you guys because I was with a friend one day who I thought I knew very, very well. And she exposed something about herself and she goes, didn't you know that? And I said, no. And I went, these are too many stories we're hiding and our emotions And we are just sitting here as girls laughing life off, drinking, smoking, exercising and doing things that aren't healthy for us. But yet we've got these underlying issues that we're all struggling with. So I thought this is really helpful in today's age because I had friends rearing teenagers, not talking about their emotions and feelings, starting to actually have sex with boys and then um, not really feeling like that boy loved them and all this sort of stuff. So they were bringing up all these things for me as well. So I started evolving my life and and, and shredding the onion basically. And yeah. I found some a lot of things that were not faced throughout my journey. And that's when I started to say to my husband, I've got to do this. And he said, oh, it's all too much. And I went, it's not, it's healing. And it's actually beneficial for me and other people. I want to do it. He goes, I don't want you to get hurt. You've just lost a really good friend as well. After 16 years, you're already in pain. This might not be the best idea. But I went, no, grief is grief. Loss is loss. I have to face it. So saw you guys, thought time to tell a story. Not a, a, um, like a creative bone in my body to write a book or to spell or anything like that. So Obviously, having a little bit of learning difficulties through my life as well, um, always going to try hard but couldn't do the work at school, but I always got through. So I thought I got through a 100K run, I'll get through a book. So <laughs> I, picked, I picked up this um, you know, Facebook page and I had no idea what I was in for and I just rolled with it. Stu, when you, oh, I had no idea Stu was going to be the interviewer and then... <laughs> He got all my tears. He got all my, you know, oh, my goodness. He goes, you're not the only one, you know, Melissa. And I went, oh, God, you know, 
is there others like me? And he goes, yes, there are. So, so away I went and I started. Yeah. yeah, it absolutely is. I think such a, it's a transformational journey. And, um, and one that I think for you, it's like helped you journal, you know, what was going on and the highly charged emotions. Highly charged. And what's your intention like with the book? Like, what do you hope it to do for others? You know, what do you share within it? Maybe give us a little snapshot. Well, now, after two years of, like, as I said, I didn't get a lot of confidence back from people. Um, but Martin, my husband, always says, that's what your thoughts say. You always say that. You belittle your own um, capabilities. You said you've been, you've done more, like, you've done so much, you just can't see it. So I think it's just getting that confidence and energy back in myself first, which I'm really, um, I haven't actually done very much physically because it impacted my body with the aches, pains um, and fatigue to chronic fatigue, basically. Mm -hmm. So I had to learn to start baby steps and pace. So that's probably something in the future I can teach others that you can look for these signs, but if you wait for burnout and you burn to a crisp, you have nothing left to give. There is nothing in the tank. So what are the signs? Give us a little bit of... um... um, Ageing. Like I just felt like I rapidly aged overnight. I just felt sick um, to the stomach, to the gut, to the point I couldn't eat or drink properly, but my nursing was saying eat and drink instead of resting and digesting. So I was stuffing and inhaling more food. And what they say is you get this um, bacterial overgrowth and all those types of things in your gut and you actually make it worse. So then I would, I think I don't have a diagnosis, but I think I did have leaky gut and I still have like inflammation in my liver, spleen and things like that. So that's all calming down, but it has taken a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, It depressed me more because um, the foods I wanted to eat, I wasn't enjoying or I didn't want company, I was dissociating from people, I didn't want to go anywhere, I was, and nobody would come to me, which was a shame, and that's when I got more depressed, because I thought, if I can't come to you for once in my life, and I've always pleased others, um, why don't people want to come to me while I feel in this depleted state, but I, I don't understand that part, but you need the connection, you need the people, you need the love, before you can love yourself. And that's what you've lost, the love inside for yourself and life. Mm-hmm. And my husband was great. Once I tied him down and actually said I need help, and he goes, oh, okay, I accept I'm going to be the strong one now. I said, yes, please. And so, but that problem was he was working in a very, very 60-plus-hour-a-week um, job and no children in our house so I couldn't actually ask people to do things so this is all the things I want to teach people the support the emotional support the help um, you need to just get to the first platform and it's like writing a book you need to get to the first platform you need someone to hold your hand there's no one that can if anyone can do anything it's like just prepare some food but I had no one to do that so my task for the day was to get tea on the table. So that was just a complete, took all my energy just to do that. Wow. Yeah. So any other signs? Like I'm um, sleeping a lot because um, I could get out of bed like one o'clock, two o'clock, and that was 
Like I'd been getting up at five, six and going for runs. I'd been going all yeah. places with my friends um, and they were trail runs. So they were up and down hills. I was exerting myself too far, but I loved it and it was my life and it, it gave me joy and I couldn't do that. So I could not exercise anymore. So that was, that was another part of me that was taken away. Yeah. So I just had nothing but to read and write. And that's what I started learning to do. So I sort of think from the universe, it was a, a sign to say, you don't have to be chaotic and busy to prove you're doing something. Yeah. Just because you didn't get the chance to be a mum. Mm. You did see, have opportunities to do adoption and fostering, but you chose not to, and that's okay. But I had guilt about that as well. Yes. So because everyone would say, oh, but, you know, you could have done this, you could have done that. But, yes, I had to make my choices for my own reasons. And mm. then I had to grieve my body because I was beating up my body as well. Yeah. Because it wasn't good enough to conceive a baby. So I had a lot of things emotionally and psychologically I had to deal with. So these are all things that people go through every day with loss of babies, everything. We're grieving all the time in our lives. Yeah. You say that um, nowadays it gets recognised a lot earlier in life if people have trouble with anxiety and depression. For you, it wasn't the case. You know, what are some of the things that you know about this now? Um, for anxiety, I think you just have to stand still. Um, there's no good trying to find a new hobby or something that's not joyful for you. You just have to stand still and let the, the opportunities come to you more. Whereas I was always racing about trying to fit in and I got very locked into people's ideas. And if my boss said to do something, I'd do it. Um, I actually risked my job at one stage. I went and did something out of my scope of practice and I almost um, you know, made things worse. It's all this pe people pleasing and trying to fit in that you've got to get away from and yeah. just own your, yourself and your responsibilities and actions. Um, depression comes with it as well because you start to believe um, that you're not good enough and that your anxiety is actually capturing all your joy um, that you think other people have got but it's just your thoughts starting to take over and yeah, the, the negative spiral just keeps going down like you're a corkscrew in the ground and you just don't even love yourself. It's just, it's a horrible thing. Mm. Um, it's it's what are putting up this mask. Okay. What are some of your coping strategies now? With, um, well, I had to grow up. <laughs> I had to grow up. Yeah. I had to start growing up, change my attitude. Um, mm -hmm. look at my past and look at where my parents had come from and why they died at 53 and 63 um, that you can't live you can't burn the candle at both ends yeah not forever and you have to find healthy habits so I cut out my drinking just um, for now and I actually don't like the taste of it at the moment but I'm not against having a drink again mm. but I've I got rid of the cigarettes um, because they were just something that just came and went in my life. They were just what we say is those circular patterns that come back and you're just repeating the same patterns. Yeah. You're actually not getting rid of it and throwing it out. Mm. So I did that and then I went on a few detoxes on my, like through the, um, but not juices and things. I just did cutting out a bit of sugar, cutting out coffee for a month, do, doing the um, gluten, got rid of that. And then just, the dairy 
And then I just brought them back in gradually. And I've noticed gluten does not like me at all. So got rid of that completely. And I just drink almond milk. I stick to, um, there's lots of milks out there that are dairy free. Apparently I just choose what I want on the day and just less sugar. Cause when you're ultra running, you're living on sugar and carbs. So you're actually, um, if you're not fueling your body properly, you're not actually getting the energy to your cells. So I was like, I was feeling like I was going to be either a diabetic, kidney failure, all these things were starting to show up in my body. And yeah. I, and yeah. it was all making me more depressed. Yeah. So what, yeah, like I think you summarised it when you started explaining it, you know, I had to grow up because if I think about kids and young people who, you know, you kind of, you can eat whatever you want, you're drinking, you're going out, you're partying and all that sort of stuff. And that kind of is not sustainable <laughs> throughout, you know, all your life, right? You know, you do it for a certain period of time. And we have all met people who are what they have, what they call it, the Peter Pan syndrome. They, they, they don't want to grow up and things like that. And then that starts to have that chemical effect on yes. what's going on in our brains and how we feel and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't change it. I'd just go and do it again. And that was the problem. I was just on this continual roller coaster or hamster wheel. And yeah, and just at work as well. 30 years of shift work, no change. Different roster every week. No routine. No routine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so, a, yeah. So now do you think you've got like a pretty like you've embedded some good healthy routines and yes. Or yes. your your mental state is is better for it? My mental state is still a little bit nervy um, because obviously my whole body, um, my whole nervous system was dysregulated. I shut down. I did all the, um, what we do is, you know, we fawn in, we just, we just hide our feelings mm -hmm. until we can get rid of the shame and the embarrassment and all that sort of thing. So I had to work through all that and I did that alone and I just read it. I just read books and found bits and pieces. I went to a couple of, you know, healers and they helped a little bit, but I just knew I could do it with support but then I've got a few blockages in my chest the breathing and um, soreness was still there because you get all this lymphatic pain and all these different things so I did some healing work with some people and that really helped but now I sort of know that all it is is me um, tensing up again really mm. every time I think I can't do something or get through something mm. I tense up and I, I, I block that I can't do it yeah. so um, I'm working through those. Um, Heidi's watching, so she's been watching you. And Sandy says, "I'd love to talk about getting rid of gluten." Uh, how was that? Like, that was that hard? Um, yeah, really, not that hard. Uh, it's just you just have to read labels and get rid of it because it's just so inflammatory on our livers. And if we're stressed, it's just it's no good. It just strips things away, and I don't know. It just Heidi would be able to explain it better but to live yeah, through it, with <laughs> it's it's just often when we're inflamed and stressed our bodies are inflamed and we just can't tolerate these different things like we're saying you know chemicals reactions in our body and yeah. as we age it just gets worse and mm -hmm. I think we just have to be more delicate with ourselves and kinder and just um, anything solid it's you're looking for more softer foods like that's why I can see plant-based is just such a good thing because you're looking for those softer things that you can break down and they'll actually process through. You're saying spot on, Mel, gluten is really tough on the body. <laughs> um, I have to say I haven't gone fully gluten-free, but I would probably say 90% of the time and I don't, I don't find it hard at all. 
I think you just you just make different choices yeah and you know if I'm going out and I do want to have not look at that stuff then I'll do it but it doesn't have to be I don't think it has to be all or nothing no yeah it can be you know the, the, the you, can, you know when you've had it really like it's there's different to sense like a sensitivity is different to an allergic reaction correct so yeah so mm-hmm. if you have a sensitivity you're not afraid of it but you're you get a bit moody after it too, I find. I don't even have a sensitivity or allergic reaction and I know when I've had yeah. it. Like, you know what I mean? It's like... You it's just, like having a heavy menstrual period or something. You know. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's a, it is very much about, you know... So what about you running? Are you back into doing some kind of exercise? Or, not that ultra marathons, but uh, what's your... Like, the adrenal fatigue that I put my body, like the harm I put my body through yeah. without recognising it has stopped me in my tracks to basically now. Um, so if I go for a walk, I can be out for the count tomorrow. So it's it's, it's all very much a juggling act at the moment. Yes. So I do these little, um, I have good days, I have bad days still. Yep. And I can sit here like this but this afternoon I can do nothing. Like the, the body just won't allow me to. So mm-hmm. it's just if I went on and started doing, like I noticed if I'm on the computer too long or if I'm um, in a shopping centre too long, the lights and or mm-hmm. stimulation is still a little bit too much for me. So I'm, I'm having to work through that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is in my radar for the future. Yes. My husband and I did a vision board in January and put it in our bedroom. Yes. So he's finishing up in April, a big contract job that he's about to finish. And we're getting in the car with our swag and our dog and we're heading off to see where the wind blows. <laughs> and nice. I just I think that'll be the best thing for me. And I think after that I can come back, reset, start mm-hmm. some, um, some more coaching work or like I, I really want to do a coaching course. I really want to... Um, express what I've learned and help other people um achieve not not achieving burnout and to um recognize the signs because it is really really dangerous yeah yeah now I can see you doing it you know but I'm glad you're not rushing to it um that you're you know you're kind of gone I need to take time for myself like kind of reset you know and start to bring in some of these things in a healthy way like you know you might start doing exercise again but it'll be in a different um I do do a little like I do do meditation I have learned mm-hmm. to do that yeah. and yeah. I do do a little bit of yoga but I have to be very careful how much I do of that even mm-hmm. yeah Heidi's saying Mel you're doing all the right things rest and recovery are your priorities once the Heidi. adrenal system hang on I'm reading really her system have healed you can uh, get back into your running you're very inspiring and can really help many people through your experience yeah thank you Keep documenting my advice to you the Heidi's giving us our her health uh, coach advice my advice is keep um, documenting and continuing to journal in the background what's going on um, in the days even though the book's out I yeah. think it doesn't stop whether you start a blog or something yeah. like that even like with your travels and all that kind of stuff, yeah. um, that would be a really good thing because then you don't lose or forget things. Yeah. Because mm. we've got our dog who's our baby instead of a baby and yeah. she's 
11 and a half. So we're going to lose her in the next couple of years. So I think this is kind of my preparation for that as well. Mm. So we've got a pram for her. She's, oh. she's an English staffy and she's like a tough little dog, like me, <laughs> tough little person. So um, we've got a pram for her so we can go for walks and things. So we're really looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, beautiful. You know, I um, my very first coach and mentor said to me, um, you know, when I wrote the first book, you know, and this was in my first year of doing anything like with the business, and he said, make sure you sit down and you write down what you did and how you did all of this, you know. Um, and I didn't think much of it, but I kind of just followed his advice and I just wrote five or ten pages of my journey. And who would have known that 12 years later, all of that would have unfolded. This is, I think, what I'm seeing for yourself as well. So, yeah. So and how did you... That's what I couldn't see a year ago. I couldn't see anything. There was dead nothing. Yeah. Now, like 12 months on, like even at my 50th February last year, I had no life. I just went out and I drank wine. I got in the bus and I was sick and I was actually mortified at myself. And I knew that was the end. It was like, this has to go. <laughs> this yeah. is my new melt. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Well, I have definitely seen you change and grow, you know, and, and get better um, through the process. So how did you find the, um, you know, support and the journey of actually bringing... Well, those girls, <laughs> they, those girls um, Viv and Julie, had their work cut out with me, but... Um, I was in the middle of a crisis, so I, I don't beat myself up about that anymore. Um, my toing and froing from my editing went on and on. I couldn't spell check for crap <laughs> because I couldn't see anything. I couldn't, my mind was not even with me really. But um, to actually, like my husband said, you don't do things in halves, you just go for it. And not many people publish books. And I said, and probably not during a um mental health crisis <laughs> so I did it and I wanted to do it from the heart so I wanted to do it as it was happening so mm -hmm. that's basically what I did yeah you did amazing and I think um you know uh sitting here today you know it's just another part of the journey that you know we are all human we are normal yeah totally so where can people get your book um uh, my book can be melissashan.com.au and that's the landing page I have. Yeah, I'll share the page. So Melissa spelt normal, <laughs> shand, S-H-A-N-D dot com dot A-U. And there it is. There she is. And the beautiful book, a little bit about what it's about. And then Melissa's contacts and all that sort of stuff. So um, if you get it directly from her, certainly she will um, we'll sign it for you and uh, ship it across. Also, it can be found on um, Amazon and all your good online resellers as well. I can't wait to to see this journey unfold, Melissa. Keep tapping into yeah, the and do what you can. Yeah. Um. And you know we're we're here. You know when we say you know that when you join our um, family, it tends to be for many many years on end because we all grow and learn and uh, continue expanding. You know, so it's only just the beginning, and I I can't wait to kind of explore where you are but totally I think you should definitely do a coaching qualification yep. so you can help more people oxygen mask on first do not nurse or health professional out there anybody who's a mum please put your oxygen mask on first because you don't you have none like I, I, I put my PPE gear on at work and I had nothing to breathe no mm -hmm. 
I just don't. I can talk to people, like you said to me earlier before we got on even on the call, you know, um, we don't, we put on a smiley face or, you know, and we don't really express um, fine. Maybe I would suggest find the ones that you can really like open up to. You're not going to open up to every other person. No. But you need to have someone or, you know, two or three people that you can go to and say, I'm, I'm having a tough time. And it'll be often the irritable, aggressive ones. Um, they're not doing it as harm, but they're doing it to cope. Yeah. A lot of the time. I agree. Thank you for your time this morning and thank you for entrusting us to bring your book baby into the world. And uh, it's been, I think you've been a pleasure to, to work with and, you know, dealing with everything and doing the book. I mean, anything is possible for those people who say I can't do it because this is going on that you, you said, I'm going to do it and, and um, come out the other side. So I wish you every what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> I think we had uh, that as one of our, uh, oh, no, that was the last masterclass. I mean, the song just reminded me <laughs> of the mindset masterclass that we did in January. So I have an amazing week ahead and I'd love to catch up with you for another interview, maybe in 12 months time, you know, once you've done all bits and pieces and see where you're at. Yeah. Um, i jump on the couch a few times and I'll start to. Yes. Definitely. I want to see you there uh, regularly and turning up to things and just, just absorbing, you know, you'd have to take action on stuff. You can just learn. And yeah, I think it's just, action, yeah, just absorbing still and, and doing a little bit of action. Yeah. I love it. All right. Have an amazing week ahead and guys, everyone. smash it out. Go find your Go smash it out. <laughs> yeah, bye. Yeah.